Laura Henson with Jay Proctor Farms in Lingaville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is so great to be back with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've got another week of crop ratings out, and they look just as bad as they've looked all summer long. But we'll take a look at those numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The number of cattle currently in Texas High Plains feed yards is running way above normal. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today. America's Farmers Grow Communities program is seeking agricultural producers to enroll through November 1st. The program helps to strengthen rural communities across the nation. I'm Tom Nicolotti and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. The Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course has a rich tradition and historical place in the programs emanating from the Department of Animal Science at Texas A&M University. We'll join almost 2,000 people in College Station coming up next. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson reporting today from College Station. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The weekly Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report is out and it shows those crop ratings continuing to look bad thanks to the ongoing drought. We'll start with cotton, where 14% of the crop is rated good to excellent, 36% rated fair, and a full one-half, 50% of the Texas cotton crop rated poor to very poor. Now keep in mind, these ratings reflect the cotton acreage that's still in the field. It doesn't include all of the acres that have been zeroed out or abandoned for insurance. Corn harvest continuing to move across Texas. The report showing 29% of the corn crop now harvested. The crop ratings on corn looking bad with 19% rated good to excellent, 35% fair, and 46% of the corn rated poor to very poor. Sorghum harvest also making good progress. 48% of the sorghum now out of the field. 22% of that crop rated good to excellent, 34% fair, and 44% of the sorghum rated poor to very poor. Two big sheep and goat events coming up this weekend in San Angelo. The Texas Sheep and Goat Field Day will be Friday morning, followed by the Texas Sheep and Goat Expo Friday afternoon and Saturday. Texas A&M AgriLife agent Josh Blanick says the field day will cover a lot of topics this year. Everything from external lice treatments to uh, livestock guardian dogs will be going on. Uh, all that will conclude about a little before noon. Then things move to the Spur Arena on the San Angelo Fairgrounds for the Expo. 
This year's theme is economic sustainability. Everybody knows the challenges with that this year. We've got lots of great speakers. Uh, we've got some folks coming down from uh, Ag and Food Policy Center at, at Texas A&M. Uh, we'll have our ever-popular interactive live animal evaluation, kind of a mock auction. We'll run some sheep through there. We'll have some older buyers there to kind of make some comments. So we'll talk about pricing and cost of production. You can register online for those events. Just search Texas Sheep and Goat Expo. Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa has introduced a bill to allow livestock auction market owners to invest in small meatpacking operations. Currently, livestock auction markets are not able to own, invest in, manage, or operate a packing plant or meat marketing business due to a Packers and Stockyards Act regulation. The bill would amend the Packers and Stockyards Act to remove this barrier. It would allow livestock auction market owners to hold ownership in, finance, or participate in the management or operation of a meatpacking entity with a cumulative slaughter capacity of less than 2,000 animals per day. It would exclude investment in the top 10 meat packers. The occupancy rate in Texas feed yards is running high. James Hunt tells us the feedlots are much fuller than normal right now. Coming up on Friday, we'll get USDA's cattle on feed report telling us how many cattle there are in feedlots around the country. But Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says his organization's pre-report estimates suggest an August 1st headcount that was well above normal for our state. For Texas, total animals on feed, we're going to be running about 2.876 million head on feed for Texas by itself compared to the five-year average of two. million head on feed. That's about 4% above the state's five-year average, a big influx coming into the yards as ranchers face enormous difficulty feeding their animals outside the yards. As we continue to see this drought persist throughout, we continue to see fairly large cattle on feed numbers and we see fairly large placements. Do we think that will drop off at some point? Yes, we do. It has to drop off. But for the present time, liquidation remains high. Although in our area, the peak period of herd reduction appears to be behind us. Jason Smith is the Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist for our region. Here in the Panhandle, a large portion of that happened months ago. You know, six to eight months ago, if not more, we were moving a lot of cows. We've seen that spread across the vast majority of the state now. And so we're seeing a lot of cows being liquidated in other parts of the state that maybe two months ago had not yet started culling cows, at least not to a substantial degree. Of course, herd reduction is tightening supplies, and a very strong cattle market appears to be coming soon. In our next report, Jason Smith talks about how to hold on to your cattle in anticipation of higher prices. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmer enrollment in the National Grow Communities Program is now open. Tom Nicoletti has more about that program. The America's Farmers Grow Communities Program, sponsored by the Bear Fund, is seeking potential recipients for its 2023 program. Here is Bear Community Outreach Manager Erin Glarner. So the program started in 2010. And it was started um, as a result of a a desire and need to partner with farmers to help strengthen rural communities across the United States. We wanted to provide some resources and funding for local rural communities to help strengthen those communities in which farmers live and work. And so the idea behind the program is that we uh, partner with farmers and they have the opportunities to select 
a organization to receive and direct some funding to to help strengthen that community. There are three ways that farmers can enroll. Um, if they participated in any of our programs in the past, they um, will receive a postcard in the mail in the next one to two weeks uh, where they can simply um, fill out information and return via mail. They can also visit our website at www.americasfarmers.com or they can call our toll-free number at 877-267-3332. The process is really simple, takes less than five minutes to complete, and that is what gets them enrolled into the program. So eligibility for farmers is really simple. They just need to be 21 years of age or older and actively farming 250 acres or more of any crop, and that makes them eligible to enroll in the program. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course brought around 2,000 people to College Station recently. Dr. Vanessa Olson was there. Dating as far back as 1942, Professor John K. Riggs started the first in a series of beef cattle short courses held on the campus of Texas A&M College to discuss the results of beef cattle research. Today, the highly respected Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course is nationally and internationally recognized as the largest attended beef cattle educational program of its type in the world. The Cattlemen's College features more than 20 concurrent sessions. Topics include animal health, nutrition, reproduction, breeding, genetics, selection, research, marketing, and handling. Management sessions cover business, forage, range, and purebred cattle. Topics such as landowner issues and fence building are featured at this beef cattle short course. Sessions are designed for everyone from the newest member of the industry to the most seasoned producer. Additionally, over 150 agriculture-related businesses and trade show exhibitors annually attend the course and attest to the fact that it is the most highly attended activity of its kind anywhere in the United States. Drought management is a big topic of discussion this year at the Beef Cattle Short Course. Drought management strategies may be divided into several categories, but the key point to remember is that drought management is not business as usual. Changes must be made in a proactive rather than reactive manner to minimize negative effects on livestock production during prolonged periods of reduced precipitation. Producers should remember that grazing management is the most important factor for livestock producers in any economic or environmental climate, followed closely by proper soil fertility for introduced forages. The critical element in successful grazing management is maintaining the proper stocking rate. The proper stocking rate varies from year to year because of changing precipitation patterns. Determining long-term forage production and thus the proper stocking rate for introduced forage pastures comes from historical records of forage production, precipitation levels, and stocking rates over a period of years. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in College Station for Texas Ag Today. Texans now have an alternative method to proving that they have a valid hunting or fishing license. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Act today. And this is the time of year when we need to be on the lookout for blue-green algae developing in farm ponds. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. 
Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. This is the time of year when we need to be on the lookout for blue-green algae developing in farm ponds. Dr. Bob Judd tells exactly what that algae is and why it could be dangerous. Blue-green algae is also called cyanobacteria. Miranda Meehan is with North Dakota Extension, and she indicates at Drovers.com that the bacteria is facilitated by high temperatures, and this certainly is occurring in Texas. Cyanobacteria is caused by an excess of nutrients, particularly nitrogen and phosphorus, and this can be related to the spreading of manure and the use of fertilizers on pastures. If these products are misused by using the incorrect rate or incorrect timing of application, nutrients can leach to surface water. We have certainly not had flooding to wash a lot of nutrients into ponds recently, but we do have a lot of stagnant ponds due to lack of rainfall. These live blooms can be green, but also can be a mixture of red, yellow, and blue, and usually have a sheen on the surface of the water, which makes them an unusual sight. However, drinking the water out of these ponds can be toxic to livestock, wildlife, small animals, and even people. The toxicity depends on the species of cyanobacteria involved, the concentration of the toxin, and the amount of toxin ingested. These toxins affect the neurological system and the liver, and symptoms can occur a few minutes after ingestion or up to a few hours. Symptoms typically include weakness, staggering, muscle tremors, convulsions, and death. If the liver is affected, hemorrhagic diarrhea can develop along with pale mucous membranes. Most of the time, livestock and wildlife are simply found dead before symptoms are even noted. So if you see a colored sheen on a farm pond, remove your livestock from the pasture or fence off the pond and keep your dogs out of the pond as well. Wearing gloves when working around the pond is a good idea. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texans now have a new way to prove they hold a valid hunting or fishing license. Jessica Domo tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Texas hunters and anglers now have an additional option for proving that they have a valid hunting or fishing license. Mike Hobson, license manager for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. A couple of years back, there was some legislation that passed that allowed for an electronic version of a license to be displayed anytime you are hunting or angling for a species that does not require tags. Now, obviously, with the digital license, it's a little bit different this year. But if you had a print license and say you bought a print super combo and you wanted to go freshwater fishing, as long as you have that information, either a picture of that license on your phone or if you have one of our apps and you've synced that to your license, license account using your customer number and you can pull up the license that you purchased and display that to a warden if asked. You can definitely do that. Texas hunting and fishing license holders can add their license and see their license history on the Outdoor Annual app under the View My Licenses tab. A physical license and tags are still required for hunting and fishing activities that require tags, like if you're hunting deer or turkey. New Year hunting and fishing licenses went on sale Monday. You can purchase yours online by phone at TPWD offices. 
Texas state parks, or at one of about 1,700 retail locations statewide. You can find a location near you or purchase a license online on the TPWD website, tpwd.texas.gov. That is tpwd.texas.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The strength continues in the cattle market this week, but the cotton market finally took a breather. We'll take a look back at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. State officials warn that weather conditions are creating a high risk for wildfires across the state this summer. Warmer, drier than average, and windy conditions are combining with dry vegetative fuels and increasing the potential for significant large fires. Keep your eye on the weather during the summer months and heed warnings from local officials. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit ticc.tamu.edu. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The strength continued in the cattle market on Wednesday, both live and feeder cattle futures. Adding to this week's gains, with August live cattle up 45 cents, 141.75. The October up 17, 145.85. December live cattle up 30 cents at 151.50. Same story in the feeder market. August feeder cattle up $1.72 at $183.25. September feeders up $1.65, $187.12, while October was up $1.52 at $189.55. Cash fed cattle market still fairly quiet here in the south. However, up north, we've seen sales in Nebraska ranging from $151 to $153 on a live basis. That's two to four bucks higher compared to last week. Now, here in the South, feedlots were asking 143 to 145 this week. We had the online fed cattle exchange held on Wednesday. 1,203 head of cattle offered. All of those were Texas cattle, but none sold. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday choice up six cents at 265.50. Select down 56, 238.56. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's get started with auctioneer Troy. He's selling down there at Three Rivers. Live Oak Livestock. We're with Riley Rhodes. Riley, how was your Monday sale? I went good, Larry. Uh, market uh, sure steady to probably a little better on these uh, calves today. Had some pretty good quality. Cow market was steady money. Uh, our uh, stocker cows sold a little bit better. Uh, everybody was sure had some smiles on their face today because finally got some rain down here, so it was a good day. <laughs> um, our cow calf pairs brought from eight seventy five to thirteen fifty. Bred cows from six seventy five up to twelve hundred. High yielding packer cows seventy six to eighty four. Your breakers sixty six to seventy four, and your canners thirty two to sixty. High yielding packer bulls ninety six to dollar two. Low to medium yielding bulls seventy eight to ninety six. Uh, two to three weight choice steers one seventy four to two hundred four. Heifer mates one sixty. 182. 
Three to four weight choice deers, one seventy eight to two dollars. Have for mates one fifty to one seventy two. Four to five weight choice deers, one seventy six to one ninety four. And have for mates one forty eight to one sixty eight. Five to six weight choice deers, one sixty two to one eighty. Have for mates one forty six to one sixty two. Uh, six to seven weight choice deers, one fifty four up to one sixty eight. And have for mates one forty two to one fifty six. And the seven to eight weight uh, choice deers, one thirty eight to one fifty six. And the have for mates one thirty two to one forty four. So it was a good day. Uh, like I said, everybody did. We got up some more rain last night, and a lot of a lot of areas from. Two to six to eight inches, you know, down south of us. Uh, but here locally, a lot of you know, two to five inches. So uh, good general rain that South Texas sure needed. So uh, we're sure thankful for that. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Riley. 361-813-6650 is a cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. LiveOakLifeStock.com is the web. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye. Neighbor, that's it for me. Walking the pins. I'll put another one together for you tomorrow, and I'll post it up here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Until then, good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed higher Wednesday. October hogs up a dollar forty-seven, ninety-eight oh five. December up seventy-two cents, eighty-eight forty-two. Class three milk closed lower. August milk down a penny at twenty sixteen a hundred weight. September milk down twenty-eight cents, twenty fifty-nine a hundred. The cotton market finally took a breather after three days of hitting limit up following Friday's USDA crop report, which cut three million bales out of U.S. cotton production. Traders taking profits out of the market, thinking they may have picked a top. That put pressure on the trade. Also, we're getting rain here all across Texas this week. And while that's too little too late for much of our cotton crop, it still seems to keep a lid on cotton prices as far as those traders in New York are concerned. October cotton down 393 points, 118.32. The December down 331 at 113.54. December 23 cotton down 424 points. 87.83. The corn market closed slightly higher. Not a lot of news to move the corn market right now. Of course, we're still trading Midwest weather. September corn up four cents at 6.15. December corn up one and three quarters, 6.12 a bushel. The rain that we're getting here across Texas and across much of the southern plains put pressure on the wheat market on Wednesday. September Kansas City wheat down 20 and three quarters at 8.51. New crop July down 18 and a half, 849 and a quarter. In the soft wheat market, same story. September wheat down 22 and three quarters, 763 and a quarter. New crop July down 19 and a half at 805 and a half. In the energy markets, September natural gas lost 12 cents Wednesday, 920, while September crude oil was up a dollar 20, 8773 a barrel. The financial markets were lower Wednesday afternoon, the Dow down 167 points, 33,973, the Nasdaq down 154 at 12,948. The S&P down 29 at 4,275. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.